What up, what up, what up, though? So Fever. Yes, yes, yes. The podcast here, full effect. We got my man in the building. Um, OG Tony Love. OG Tony Love, yes. man. Like, and I'm doing it all on the apps right now. I'm, I'm using the no excuse approach to 2021. Like that. Um, we got to get it done. 2021, get it done. Uh, shout out to everybody that's already doing their podcast and doing their thing. Um, I, I applaud you. Definitely got into the podcast thing in 2012. Yeah. I don't know. We were talking about that. We was really calling it podcasting at the time, but we definitely was, you know, recording and doing interviews. So working at the radio station. Right, right. But um, when did you graduate from high school? 2014. 2014. All right. So I, I pulled out 2012 for a reason. Okay. 2012 was when I started working at BMW. Working for BMW. Before that, I had worked at radio station and other places, but I was on my get money paper chase at that point. So I'm selling Beamers, okay. and I learned the the most valuable thing ever, which was adding value. You know, a car is a car, unless you're talking about a BMW, because what others do well, BMW does brilliantly. <laughs> you picked that up. I picked up over the day. You know. Things like backup cameras and key fobs, however, and push button starts mm-hmm. were all over the place from Nissans right. to Hondas to Chevys. I mean, so how special was this BMW? Mm-hmm. BMW had to be the one to talk about how special it was. Mm-hmm. BMW didn't do it, it wasn't going to be done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cancel Christmas. Okay. So I'm, that mentality is in me. Okay. 2013, big year. And I guess around 2014, a lot of my friends were like, hey, man, we got to get back into this music, man. You can't not, not do music. Right. You know you do music. You, right. You're around music. We have music. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my closest friends, Carolina Cool Slim, mm. says, man, well, you got to check out these boys right here, ODC. What? And that must have been around the time y'all about to graduate. Right. Because I already saw the movement. Of course, I Google, and he came up on YouTube, and I was like, man, these guys have everything all together. Yeah. Young they were very professional, and I'm letting people at the dealership watch the show, nice. watch the um, watch the videos, and listen <laughs> to love. the song. And then we comes the the fateful night that we meet. I'm starting to see, hey, these guys might be the next crisscross or something. I don't know what they could be, but yeah. they are doing something. They have a um, the momentum at that point. Well, you know what it was. So the momentum's there. How can I? I don't want to miss any more trains because this is 2014. Mm-hmm. 2009? What happened? Was that um, the warm-up? No, nah, that little shit. The warm-up? Don't, don't have me I think it was. It probably was. I think it was. I think it was. 2009. I think it was. Probably. So the whole J. Cole, Dreamville train was like, it was right there. Like, mm. But I wasn't crew when they was going through. Mm. So you got to be crew gotcha. when you're going through. They weren't crew. I wasn't crew. You know, I was... The guy working at the radio station. Yeah. And I beat myself up for it, man. I should have played a song. Uh, yeah. Could have, would have, should have, but we didn't. I didn't have the power, and he didn't have the hits. Right. He had to get the hits. So fast forward to you guys. I'm like, man, if this ever happens again, happens again right, I'm not going to let this. Fuck that. You know what I'm saying? I got to right. meet these guys. Right. And you take it from there. I pull up at what time? It was like. No <laughs> doubt. You pulled up at like 3, 4 in the morning. You, you think around two, I mean, maybe anywhere between two to four. 
It's AM. I mean, AM. Why is this guy office. still up? I think I just left the radio station. Just left. Just left the air. You know, I, I had no idea. You know who you was, just because I'm a young boy. You know, I'm not doing my research at the time, or I, you know, I didn't. I didn't know. You know, so we we wasn't friends on Facebook or nothing like that. But you pull up to the address that you seen on the flyer, and uh, you know, I see this. I see this Beamer pull up. You know, my Definitely dude. to believe it. Black one, by so, the way. Yeah, black beamers. Black beamers pull up. So, you know, I'm cleaning up. You know, it's the end of the party. You know, most likely got shut down. The farewell, yeah. After, yeah, got shut down. Farewell party. It was the farewell release party. Album release party. Shut down. Uh, but K-Mac is pulling up around 2 a.m. Mind you, you know, after the party is shut down, you know, you still got people that just chill just out. Just chill out. Just we just here. You know what I'm saying? The homies. The sh- aftermath. <laughs> I wasn't smoking, but niggas were smoking. You know what I'm saying? Maybe hitting the bottle, whatever the case, chilling. You know what I mean? I didn't know there was underage drinking there. <laughs> no, 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 no. You stupid. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I ain't know nothing about no bottle. I ain't, I ain't you said hit. You just said hit the, the bottle. The Aquafina, the I Dasani. Just seen, I just seen smoke. It might have been cigarettes. But nah, I just like it. So boom. <laughs> the point, aftermath. Point being is, I'm out front. You know, some people still leaving barely though. I mean, there's nobody there. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe one of my boys was leaving, and I'm just out front. Some reason I'm out front. Some reason a black beam was pulling up. It's you. It's me out front. It's God saying, "Hey, it's time to connect these two. We, we, yeah. I think you came inside. You know, you, you. I don't know your words, but this is this is my memory." Came inside, you know, you seen what we did the party, you wanted to check the scope out, see what was going on. What was all the noise about? ODC, what are, what are these boys? Who are these boys? So it was just me at the time, you know, I told you about Rick, I told you, you know, a little history. And uh, after that, I'm pretty sure you said take a ride. Now, is that backwards? Is that Was it the ride first and then we kicked it at the spot? Or I think I'm pretty sure it was the ride first. I'm pretty sure it was the ride. Cause ride first, yo, hop in, little I'm, nigga. Knowing me, knowing me, I was probably going to the... <laughs> Go, you know, I was in the ride. I ain't know y'all either. Right. So it was like I probably party, put, yeah, you, you, yeah, he was like, yo, it's party. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, come, shut down. And at that time, me. the ride was the office. Like, you, if you get the ride, because, you know, yeah, Bluetooth, the ride was the office. I mean, I had a Beamer. Right. And yeah, come come pull up. It was come, what I needed. Come you know hop in my office. Exactly. Yeah, it did it. So I do remember, like, that night when you said it got shut down and everything. But fast forward, I do remember this, the next ride. Right. Which was um, you guys saying, yeah, we're going to college. Because mm. uh, that was the end of the year when the party happened. Y'all started going through the summer. I'm seeing the momentum. Right. You're like, hey, man, I'm about to go to college. Right. We're going to Mercy College in New York. Mm. And you said, I'm going to orientation. And Rick was like, uh, yeah, he's going to orientation for us. <laughs> He can't. He can't go to orientation by himself. Not even for, by himself, but just for you. You like, you have to be you, and he has to be him. Like in my mind, I'm thinking like right. okay. the experience has to be the same. That was really, that really was centered around the fact that you guys wanted to go that. to college, right? Y'all wanted to go to college, and I was like, but uh, you know, later find out on a trip, y'all just wanted to get to New York. Mm-hmm. Not mad at that either. Y'all wanted to go to college at the point. I'm like, man, I'm gonna help these guys. I get in the car and we drive hours to New York. Mark Mayer was in that truck. Shout Mark. out Vince was in the truck. Mark Ice. Yeah. Vince drove through a million tolls and easy passes <laughs> on the way back, by the way. Thank That's you for crazy. the bill, Vince. Gosh. Still got the... <laughs> that was... Anyway, 
Mark Mayer, I remember him telling me, man, this is his first time in New York. Right. Now, when I look back at it, I'm saying, what possessed me to just drive up there? Some of it was me wanting to go to get out of town, get out of Dodge. But most of it was not missing an opportunity again. I had the opportunity to be at the beginning stages, ground floor of what I saw was going to be a a gargantuan force Mm -hmm. in music. Nice. And whatever they wanted to be, I mean, I really from the bottom of my heart is as if it could hit me that hard, as far as the promotion of a party. Like, man, I never, I was like, what is about to happen? You know, I thought for so, you know, I showed up at like two, three o'clock, <laughs> but I thought it was still gonna be going on, right? <laughs> but it wasn't. It was shut down, and I was like, man, I haven't seen anything like that since my high school graduation party, which also was shut down in 1999. <laughs> um, you know, two yeah. go-go bands, $400 worth of sound. Wow. Parking in the back of the uh, neighboring elementary school. Just walk around to the front yard. Come through the garage. Going to get a little quick pat down. Come to the backyard. That's exactly it's going how down. It goes down. That's how it goes That's down. How it goes. Right? <laughs> and you start to realize, I'm, I should have charged for this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, we know where everybody gets graduate. I mean, everybody graduates the commencement ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Um this one was called the USA Arena is where the, the bullets played, okay. which are now the Washington Wizards, by the way. So we stand outside just handing out flyers to the people that graduated, that came to our graduation for the graduation party. Somebody had the bright idea to go to, like, Office or Max or Staples or something, right. whatever we could get some, probably Kinko's or something, mm-hmm. and go make 100 more of these copies. And go to every high school graduation, and anybody that would take one, it was directions on how to get from USA Arena <laughs> to my mother's house. And it was a great party. Didn't make any money, a lot of headache. But I learned how to throw a party. And wow. I knew that it wasn't really about me. They didn't come to my party, mm. they came to the party. To party. They came to party. Exactly. The party to party. You know what I'm saying? They didn't come from. I didn't come because of Anthony. Right. Yeah, yeah. That'd have been weird. Yeah, right. I came looking for this ODC movement. Y'all got the hashtags every Thursday for ODC Thursday. Y'all were able to keep the momentum so, so, so up there mm-hmm. that I had to just tap in and see because I don't want to miss another one. Right. When I got there, and we talked. And you guys wanted to go to New York. I said, man, I'm going to make this happen for these boys. You guys went to New York. But from then, you learned a valuable lesson about me and how what and what it is to be a friend of mine or, you know, associate of mine. Or I don't know where, where people would put their level with me, but I call everybody my friend. Yeah. Um, sometimes I might call too many people my friends, but right, right. I really <laughs> felt like he's my friend. Huh? You know what I'm saying? So. I mean, if y'all not tracking, man, this man right here, this is K-Mag. This nigga drove me and Rick, and Mark Mayer was in the, the truck as well, and Ice, which is an engineer. The engineer star studded. So four gonna, people. Well, then put up a no no gas. It's like, no, no gas. You know, I ain't, I ain't paid nothing. I'm young. I'm 18. I ain't never had a job. Most, most money I made was... Engineering people in the city, you know, and, and a stranger because that could have went totally wrong if I was a if he was, a, you know, weirdos, but right, uh, but, but it was it was about what it was, man. So the point is that this man <laughs> took us up to New York. You know, he's the man that drove me to New York from high school to college. And how many times did I visit you in college? None, never, <laughs> never even came, never came back. It was like this was my good deed, definitely, and 
I, it's it's kind of it like big, this. Though. When you throw a seed, a wild seed, mm. off the side of the highway, and you it, know it grows eventually. It's gonna grow eventually. Now, if you were on your way to Florida, you drew through it out and up in Maryland. Are you really gonna come back to that spot to see if that seed grew into a tree? Nah. Nah, you're gonna have faith, and mm. you didn't you didn't want anything because think about it. Even Bruce Lee said this: Be willing to plant seeds for trees. Plant trees. On with, in which shade you will never sit under. Mm. Never. You'll never you plant never a tree. Even, never even. You'll sit never under. S- get the satisfaction of being able to read a book under the shade tree that you planted. Wow. But be good with that. Be happy. About be be it. happy that you planted a certain tree for somebody else. Nice. I was able to sow a seed of what did I tell you? No, Rick. You're gonna go, Anthony, and you're both gonna go mm-hmm. because you both have to do this. And it was such a good idea that Martin Mayer was like, That's I'm going you, too. I'm going too. You I all have to New go. York. You should all want to fucking go wherever you got to go. If you got to go right then and there. If you turn it off, if you doubt, if you second guess. Mm. Which was what was But if you on. don't second guess, if you don't doubt, if you never turn it off, add up the list. How many great things have happened in your life because you didn't turn it off. Mm. Because you, you did not have any doubts. Mm. You were fearless in your decision. It's like when you take that. Yeah. And it, just go and it goes in. It's like, I had to take that shot. Yeah. No one knows if the shot's going to go in except Steph the Perpin. Curry. Yeah, oh. but guess how many times he's, he's practiced. Yeah, yeah, Steph Curry knows it's going I am Steph Curry. You seen that shot right there? Yeah. So that's why I knew. And you, when, when you asked me, it's funny. This was my. It wasn't, it wasn't something that I dealt with. It was just something that I, I lived with. Hearing every song that somebody produces. Mm. I turned my mind off for so many years to only wait for the hits, mm. find them, do the research, have something cool, cooler to say right. in between, mm-hmm. and go to the next song. I was programmed. Yeah. yeah. But that's why radio stations have program directors. <laughs> I was programmed and right along with the audience. Right, right. When it was chicken noodle soup with a soda on the side. What'd you say? I said, hey, y'all, Campbell's or uh, Progresso. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm a Pepsi guy myself. Here's chicken noodle soup with a soda on the side. Nice, <laughs> nice. I mean, I just made that up, but I don't know. That's something still, I would have said. Though, like, right. yeah. It wasn't about That's... the song. I didn't like the song. I remember a song I hated. It's called... God sent me an angel from the heavens above. I like that one. I hated it, but it was a hit. It could, <laughs> it was like I hated it, but it was a hit. And I was like, why can't I not get this song out of my head? You know, Neo had a lot of those songs. <laughs> yeah. I can't get them out of my head. Those are hits. So I understood what a hit was, mm. and I understood also the politics and the business of music. And anybody, yeah, anybody who would come up and. Part two, part two, Uh. Soul Fever Podcast. Um, By the way, shout out to the way um, you're watching it or listening to this. And there will be a subscribe button to hit. There will be a follow button to hit, you know, so please uh, check us out. On all the platforms that we are on. Um, speaking about platforms, I had to do this on um, several different platforms only because you don't want to turn down anything at this point. Um, 
no one, no man already doesn't know the the day nor the hour of their last breath. At least don't let the the knowledge that you have leave with you. You know what I'm saying? Leave it for, I believe, leaving it for the next generation so that people don't make the same mistakes. Mm. And um, that's that. So back to the same mistakes. I do have a question. Yeah. You know, because I'm a loving person. I do feel knowledgeable, you know. So feeling like that and being the type of people that we are with knowledge is there ever a point to where we give too much? I think that goes into your goals. Mm. Because if your goals are to monetize your intellectual property, your proprietary information, mm. then yes, mm-hmm. you can give away too much. Right. Right. But if your goal is to help, inspire, or educate, Never. you can't give enough. Nice. And you can't even learn enough because all you're doing, think about it. Mm-hmm. Indiana Jones. I used to compare myself to Indiana Jones no in the classroom. Like I was a teacher, but they didn't know I was just with with Boosie this weekend. <laughs> I was just with, you know what I'm saying, Rick Ross or something. Not with them, but we had a show or something like that. But I would teach school and I said the reason I was able to do those things and come back is because I couldn't wait to teach you guys what I learned. About stage presence. Mm. If somebody wants to be in, like, every, every girl that I knew that wanted to be in a pageant in college, I would help them because of that one reason. Hey, I know what the judges are looking for. Mm. Eye contact, poise. You know, everybody going to have a talent or something. You're going to sing or dance. <laughs> you win if you sing. We knew that. You right. have to be an exceptional dancer mm. to an exceptional song. But if you, you know, your better chances to sing. And if you sing Whitney Houston, you better sing better than her. Mm. So it was like choose something that like make, make you sound good right. to the judges. Mm. We're all being judged. We shouldn't be, mm. but we put ourselves in a position to be judged. Right. Every time we get a job, every time we go to an interview to get a job, mm. every time we try to keep a job, mm-hmm. being judged, 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 judged. The only thing that you don't get judged for is your self-accountability. Meaning, how hard did you work? No one knows that you needed to be up to finish something mm. that you wanted to do. Because it's your hobby. Does that make sense? Mm. Steph Curry, you talk about shots going in, right? Yeah. We don't really know how many shots Steph Curry has taken in his life. Right. We only see the ones that we can see right. on the level that he's on. Mm-hmm. But you don't know when he's not playing in that game, how many times he's shooting. Right. He's probably shooting so much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So much. He right. shoots so much. That is, it's water. He's really like in it. Like you rap so much or you engineer so much mm-hmm. that you became an engineer. Mm-hmm. But you wasn't engineering for nobody but yourself when I first met you. Mm-hmm. And if you was in the ODC collective, maybe. Mm-hmm. But these are my beats for me. I got to get on. You were very tunnel vision. Farewell was very put together because it was like, we got to, this is going to be the one that's going to be the one that's going to take. This is our warm up. Yeah. This is our sideline story. This is. This is the one that Jay-Z's going to hear. Yeah. Y'all put so much into that album. And I could tell because it was stories. I mean, I remember the one about, you know, somebody getting killed. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the, the talked about, y'all talked about abuse. You talked about, mm-hmm. see, y'all touched on so many fear. You talked about triumph. Y'all talked about pride. Y'all had so many different, like, how old are these cats? 
But they've been through so much. And I did not realize, and I got to really know you. The thing I used to say to myself, and I say it now, and I had to let you do you because I knew you was going to grow up. And you may have thought at times like, yo, mate, yo, K ain't there. He ain't called. He ain't did this. He did that. Because I had to keep it in its place. If I didn't, if I looked at it in something where I babied you, and we tell you like, yeah, you're doing good, you know, nah. <laughs> you, look, what place do you want this relationship to be in? Because we started a relationship as ODC. You wasn't Tony, and I used to date your sister, and it was the little brother, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. You wasn't my cousin. Yeah. You wasn't a schoolmate of mine. You wasn't a friend of mine. It was off the music. And I've been following your music career, and I was a journalist looking for the scoop. Mm. And if I can somehow get inside the ODC world, and what did I do? I did just that. And years later, when the call for the Bonfire Productions, y'all know who y'all could call because it was like, yo, K Mac was crew Bonfire way back Cypher. back then. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about that. Facts. The things that Mark Mayer were doing, there were people that hit me. I'm like, yo, why I'm not in the Cypher? Why I'm not in this? Yo, K, that's. Fucked up. Man, what you do? Like, I didn't do anything. These cats just knew me when they was 18. Yeah. And now that they 20 something, they like, let me holler at, you know, let me let Kyle in. It's perfect for this. I'm I'm honored. You know what I'm saying? Like, history. Mark works with Gary V. People watch Gary, millions of people watch Gary V every morning. Mark works with him. Worked. Worked. Well, you know, but he did. Works with Colin Tilly now. Yeah. Not that there's a, you know, Still, who's that? Kind of tell you who's that. Oh, they just directed the uh, the WAP video, WAP video, and just did the Megan Thee Stallion, Justin giant, Bieber, the baby, you know, things like that. Justin Bieber, chance to rap. You know. Didn't really have time for Mark Mayer to be with Vayner on right. media all the time. I get right, it, without a doubt. Give me, give me you, definitely what they did. But guess what? He did, he added value to it because at some point, it was like. Hey man, Vayner is a good check over here. Oh, you want me to be over there? That sounds like a better check. Around the time that you and I did not see each other, there were a lot of different ventures that a lot of people didn't know about where I had to be very silent just because it was failing. <laughs> Who brags about some shit going down the tube? Shit, hey. Nobody brags about stuff nah, going down the tube. Nobody nah. brags about things going on in their you life. Stand on it though. You gotta stand on it. Gotcha. And I'm still here. So I un- had to understand mental health. Mm-hmm. I had to understand that I had a purpose in my life. Mm-hmm. And I know that if the way I felt some of those days, if I had ended it all, there would be no Nia, which is my daughter. Wow. So that's out of the question. And I don't know what else is gonna come from me. I don't know what else I'm here to do. So now death is out of the question whether it's self-inflicted or God's time it's already out of the questions it's in the back of my mind but I'm not even worried about that because he's kept me going through so much right. like he must have something for me to do <laughs> it must be interviewing yeah, yeah. Tony it must be getting them on like I really people ask like what's your goal in life there's a few people on my list that I need to see mm. make it I can't tell them all, but definitely you guys are one of them. And I'm talking to you. And if Rick can hear me, I'm talking to you too. You know what I'm saying? You guys got to make it. Yeah, but guess what? I didn't yeah. say 
If it's not with a microphone in your hand, I understand. If it's behind the soundboard, grand hustling it because you found the next little Uzi vert <laughs> that needed a place to record. Think about it. Yeah. There's kids that come to me that just need a recording studio. Yeah. They need an engineer and they have the money. Wow. You have the intellectual property, the know-how, and the equipment to produce and engineer something for them. So you put your pride to the side, your rhymes to the side, and said, hey, come on, come all. Who needs to get this jig done? To the point that you felt like, when we talked about it the other day, staying relevant to your your gift. Mm. All you're doing is sharpening your gift. Now, let's say you do find that little Uzi Vert. You're like DJ Drama. Right. Drama found Uzi Vert. Drama also has Jack Harlow. Was popping, brand new whip, less hot, whatever. Sports set of top ten. Yes, that's DJ <laughs> Drama money. But if he never did affiliates and Jeezy mixtapes mm. and Weezy mixtapes, wouldn't have been able to. If he never DJ for Ti, if he never, never DJ for Ti, drama, drama was under Grand Hustle. It was like he had to come up in the game. He couldn't just say go from DJing for Ti. And coming out with Jack Harlow, he had to go through everything he went through to understand the game that there's always somebody next. There will always be certain things. McDonald's, Sprite. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Simple. Simple things. French fries will probably always be around. (laughs) But then when the curly fry came out, Arby's jumped on it like, yo, we're going to have curly fries. The best best curly fries. (laughs) Bojangles was like, we're going to have steak fries with seasoned salt on it. Cookout said, we're going to do the same thing. Cajun fries. Cajun fries. And milkshakes. All Ooh. flavors in the machines the never broke. Right. What you want? Watermelon milkshake? Right. Shit might Can't. be a little. You might got to eat it with a spoon, but this shit ain't going to never be shut down. You ain't going to never During pull pan- up at 2 in the morning. Can I get pandemic? Pandemic man? who? Pandemic what? <laughs> Essential workers need to eat cookout because, you know, we're open. Mm. They didn't shut down one night during the pandemic. You said they did or they did didn't? Did not. Cookout. Right. They're essential workers. It's money. Ambulance drivers are hungry. <laughs> they can walk up to the window. Ambulance drivers are hungry. But it's like that. Cats. I, I looked at the whole thing like, you know what? I want to help, but I don't want to stunt. There's a lot of fear in that, too. Mm-hmm. Like, what if y'all put too much faith in me mm-hmm. to get to the next, the next level. level? Like, y'all was like, yo, well, why we ain't got no deal yet? Like, <laughs> um, I, I got to go to work. You're like, you're like I just yeah. drove you guys to New York. I got to go I gotta sell these Beamers, you know what I'm saying? Life. You know that, right? I got to sell these Beamers. I got a family to take care of, you know, got a mortgage. Um, and I couldn't even break away from the norm. So I was like, don't follow me, man. Like, yeah. I just want to see y'all do well, but yeah. be better than me. Mm-hmm. Because some people, when they, say, when they say they get stuck, it's just that. Or they think you get stuck. And at one point I was stuck, but then I decided not to be not stuck. To be stuck no I just say, hey, I'm not going to give a f- mm-hmm. Not going to get stuck. Just don't give a f-. You know? So nice. what did I do? Nice. I consciously say, you know what? There's nothing wrong with Fayetteville. There's nothing wrong with working here and doing this. I had to 
find what was good about what I was doing. Mm. So when I was working in Fayetteville, I said, you know what? I'm living in Fayetteville, but I'm at the, one of the most prestigious high schools in the land. And then when I left there, I, I didn't just look at it. Oh, I worked high at school, Foot Locker. School, I worked at East Smith. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to be like, I just work at Foot Locker when I worked at Foot Locker. Oh, yeah, he was 71st Falcons. I don't like it. 70 last, they called you. <laughs> so... <laughs> you get the jams, man. I heard of seventy lads. They, they just really probably just made it up. Yeah, seventy lads. They probably ain't saying to y'all face, but they would call it y'all that. Mm. <laughs> now nah, the drum lines we used to go at it. The drum line, yeah, there's a love going over there. East West. Still stick five dollars. You was you like Nick Cannon and drum line? What? So you was in the band? Bro, I had my drumsticks like twenty minutes away. Are you serious? Right now. Some of my lives, I'm just twirling. Is that and that's where that's it's where the music came from? It's bringing me back. Is nah. that what? Nah. That's yeah. where the beat making beats came from from the drum line. Nah, I made beats when I was young, like too young to even remember. Maybe like what were you making the beats on? Fruity Loops. So how? Yeah, that's crazy because Fruity Loops came in when I was a young man, and you was a little boy. Yeah, and guess what? You wouldn't believe who gave me Pro Tools for the first time. Ronnie C. Star studded and ice. Star studded and ice. Okay, yeah. Imagine that. Wow. The man that took me. You the, gotta understand how full circle shit was coming for me. It was like, it was like God, man. Like this man, you know him. What? I haven't talked to him. What? And he made some hell, hell of five beats, man. I didn't even know ice produced. Ice keep was it, the engineer. Keep it rolling, V. If you ever hear some some slim joint. If you ever say keep it rolling, V, That's it's some pressure. It's like that that marathon music that you, I can run faster to. Mm. I'm gonna clean my whole room to. I'm, I'm you know I'm gonna run a whole marathon. Yeah, you know nice. like that motivational. He used, <laughs> and, and this is what I loved about sound. You either made good music because you knew what it needed to feel like, mm. like boom, boom, like I want to see feel that bass rattling through my body, right. and I want to hear the highs just as clear. Can you do that? <laughs> and if you can do that, you know, use rocking and then and make sure my vocals is right. Uh-huh. When I learned through working with Adobe from From me? Nah, we was working um Cool Edit Pro. Cool Edit Pro, that's how we learned to do the uh, I learned how to do commercials, voice commercials and the layers and I was like, Wow, is this is what Timberland and Neptune is doing? <laughs> All these different layers. Yeah. And once I realized like that's how it goes, I did wanna dabble. Yeah. I wanted to start making beats. I wanted to rap. I, I kind of had it in me. Like, <laughs> I think I want to do this. Okay. Uh, until I started meeting people that didn't have to rap and were successful. Mm. thought it was the only way. I found... Shit. I didn't think it was the only Not way, only but way, I... But that, you knew that was a, a one way. I knew that was You knew the that way. was a way. That was... No, that was uh, that was the way to, to be famous and have it all and adoring fans. That's a way. Yeah. But I also was... We lived through Michael Jackson. Right. Like, he had it all. And look yeah. at him. He was going crazy. Yeah. In Neverland and all that other crazy. He was just weird. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I love Michael. Mm-hmm. But. You don't want to be Michael. I would never tell him that. <laughs> I love you, Michael. Like, what do you do? <laughs> why? Why? Why do you love food like you do? Why? Why? Do you do me that way? 
Like, 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 I could have. I could have a serious conversation, but no, I'm gonna rest in peace, man. God rest his soul. It was not. It was about the fame that crushed me. Mm. Other people went out crazy. Whitney Houston went out crazy. You know what I'm saying? And not even the superstars. I was getting. I was in an era where I was seeing the behind the scenes people, like my hero Chris Lighty, who started Violator Records, Violator Management. Guess who he managed? At one time. Busta Rhymes, Big Pun, Fat Joe, Mob D, Missy Misdemeanor Elliott, LL Cool J, and then added 50 Cent. He also was the one that got 50 Cent to help him get the vitamin water deal. You understand that? Kills himself. So at what point do you achieve? You you just manage all those artists I just named. And don't own Q Tip. Vibrant thing, a vibrant thing. Remember that song? That's all? Vibrant thing. I'm that old. Wow. A vibrant thing, a vibrant thing. Oh, man. See, you got to start, because you could probably start using some of those That's what I'm saying, and remixing though. them, because anybody my age would love to hear that song. You know, right, like, right. Uh, shout out to Reminisce Radio, too. So, my, my wife and I, we doing a like, little, we, it's coming soon. I can't really talk Reminisce about it, but. Oh, yeah, we into it, man. Like, but, you know, when y'all were trying to get on i saw so much i wanted to leave you guys to be to grow you know and that's exactly what it did everybody that's doing what they doing was supposed to be doing what they doing yeah now i did have regrets on the other end years later like man maybe i didn't keep them focused enough Mm. yeah but you can't have regrets and be successful and one thing i'm learning man at, at my age you know early on is we can't can't do for somebody that they don't want to do for themselves. You know, that don't pertain too much to what we was just talking about, but basically you can't care. I mean, you can't put other people's success on your shoulders. You know, mm-hmm. that's how it relates because, you know, I used to want to I used to want to take care of everybody. I used to want to, you know, feed people food off my plate, mm-hmm. take it from my, from my food. Then I realized, oh, I haven't ate. Then I realized, oh, I haven't slept. Oh, you know what I'm saying? So now I'm in a crazy or now, now I'm checking myself. Now all my boys is telling me I'm crazy and I need to, well, acting crazy at least. And I need to go check myself out. So I said, yeah, well, fuck it. Why not? So do you think that them thinking that you acted crazy? Because I mean, you don't turn that, you just turn that off. You know, you can't just be like, oh, I'm better now. You, you know, know what I'm saying? I mean, Was you ever really sick? Right. Or was it just a perception of slept deprivation, sleep deprivation, and hunger yeah, that just I mean, made anybody would go? Yeah, but I don't think I was too crazy, man. I mean, yeah, it's some shit that I was doing, saying, and no, yeah, it was definitely some crazy shit going on. But what were you saying? You know, just like like take me back to it, like because people have called me crazy, but you must have said something that like, yo, are you going? Maybe thought people would thought you were going to hurt yourself. No, hurt them. I, you know, I would put myself in danger. You know, I would, you know. Uh, I put myself put, in danger. Put people, like. are, put people around me in danger okay. is where I was going wrong. You know, because uh, it was unnecessary, you know, uncalled for. And it could have been avoided by just simply not acting up, acting out. Fighting or something? No. Oh. no. Were you that one friend that acted up at the end of the night at the club? Nah. Oh. Nah. I'm acting up as soon as I walk through the club. But acting up is just literally doing me and 
right. not, not acting up. Which tells me, hey, man, you don't need to be around the normal people. Yeah, that's Like, like it it's is. cool. Like, they need to only see you on stage. Yeah, that's Like, I don't is. think hanging around Wayne would be somebody, some, like, do you really want to hang with Young Thug and all those guys, like, all the time? Like, I think I yeah. want to yeah, because you I could. Wanna, I, wanna I know I wouldn't, but I know you would because right, right. you're just like them. Right. And they're not crazy. <laughs> they're just artistic. That's the one. And they're so artistic. That like, they don't understand. The people that's they, around don't no, understand. Yeah, they, the other people don't understand. They fully understand. They like. Shut down. They fully understand. They fully understand that, that it's uh, um, that, that it's all about what you you know what you what you what you're gonna be doing next and and what's next they know there's a next yeah. sometimes people don't realize there's a next and when you don't realize there's a next you'll always be stuck in the now but as soon as you realize oh there's a next level to this right. then you start acting accordingly well it's, so being that the cameras is off and i can talk to you so hey. boom What I'm saying is, oh. is it, you know, essentially that. <clears throat> what was that last thing you said? The very last thing. Well, I was talking about being. If you don't know, there's always going to be a next. Like you're going, you're growing level by level. All right. And okay, okay, you know yeah. there's going to be another next, so you don't get lost and get frustrated in now just because you don't understand it or it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You don't really care because you know there's about to be a next level coming shortly so let me just get back to the lab and get ready y'all okay they weren't really feeling that video or they weren't really feeling that song it's cool Go i'm about back. to make another one right they're gonna like one of these drinks thanks, thanks. all right so the next level <clears throat> i feel like god have just woke me up and was like yo <clears throat> it's time to take it to the next level and when i say that uh, did you hear the, the little trend or rumor that was going around? We got superpowers on the 21st. Yeah. Yeah, you heard about that? Something I remember about that. Something one. aligning or something. So I felt like mine came a day early, quote unquote. Mind you, I've been feeling good over the past three, four months. But, you know, back in December, December 20th, uh, you know, the whole superpower thing was just an excuse to let me know that I am leveling up. And I do have superpowers, you know what I'm saying? But not only do I have superpowers, but God was saying, hey, here's your superpowers. Turn them on. I turn them on. I don't know the control. What up, though? It's your boy K Max O Fever right here. Um, talking about adding value when you when you add value to something a car is a car as a windshield steering wheel tires rearview mirrors childproof locks heated seats push button start which brand am i talking about you really can't say because everybody has that now right at one point somebody was the only one that had the push button start or the only person that had a certain thing then it was technology caught up and at a price everybody could have it it would be du duplicated adding value in something is taking the ordinary and taking it to the extraordinary so in the case of um taking the the clothes or getting a company or a store to sponsor let's say a fashion show i would go into the store and say hey 
I'm going to get you um, the biggest Saturday blowout sale you've ever had, the biggest weekend. You're going to sell everything in here. How are you going to do it? I'm going to show you how. Not going to tell you. I'm going to show you. Black and white. A lot of people in our my generation hate to get behind that computer and just type. You know, sometimes typing and being professional and having it together, it will save you a whole lot of breath and, and talking. And people don't want to hear you talk until you do a podcast. Thanks. You hit the subscribe button, by the way. Um, but people don't want to just hear you talk. They don't want to, they want to see what you got to put in. Proof is in the pudding. And if I can't show you because it's in the future and I need your goods or services or and or money or both now for this to actually happen, all I need is your guarantee. So I would go in there maybe a month, two months before the show, tell them all that I'm going to do for them and actually do it so that when I came back for the close, it's like, you know what? You said it was going to be the biggest weekend. It's been the biggest month. How about, do you need something to wear? It would turn into more than I bargained for because I put up, I put up, like I, like I, I did it already. I did the work for you already. I just need your clothes. We've been telling them, we told all these people that so-and-so fashions, that so-and-so whatever's going to be there. They didn't visit your website. They're rocking. You're dinging all over the place. You got all these type of money coming your way and the show ain't even happened, concert. Did you get that banner right away? Oh, you thought we were finished? We're going to put a banner in the front of the stage. <laughs> okay. But here's the thing. Only got like one space left. And the other one went for $1,000. But for you, because it's you, because it's you, half price, $500. And I'll let you get your banner in the front. Now, that's pretty audacious, right? I'm letting you get my clothes. Now you want to come back and charge me $500 for my banner? Yes, because it's not just your banner. I'm going to tell all these people, these thousands of people that are in the audience, look right here. Tonight is being brought to you by look right here. And I'm going to do that. Look right here at least five. That's not enough. Ten times during the show. Ten mentions with your banner. Thousand dollar value. That's what the other guy's paying. Five hundred for you. Can't beat it. Hmm. Better yet, you know what? You might not have the cash. I understand. Yeah, right. Look at him buying something over there. What'd you get? Is that some shot, John? <laughs> How about this? Just give me a $500 credit. We'll give it away to one of the audience members. <laughs> Let's do it. So now, so then by the time he gets there, I thought you was going to give it to the audience member. We died inside to slice it up. You're going to get about 25 coupons. But don't worry. Then being able to buy a sock, going to make them what? Don't get the whole outfit. You know what I'm saying? We played it to his position. And that was the thing. 48 Laws of Power talks about that. Never play to somebody's mercy. You don't want to be begging. You want to start that way. It's a great one. You wanna you wanna you wanna definitely play into their need. I have a lighter. You have a cigarette. I have you need to smoke that cigarette because you already had a cigarette. But unless you're about to strike these rocks together, you might want to do what? Be nice to me. Mm. Hey, can I use your light? Can I get a light? The nicest people can get a light. They even, you know, they're, 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 only the people that are nice. Hey, can I get a light? It's like it's like a bonding moment. Like, sure. <laughs> so, what brings you to that? <laughs> Y'all 
might be wondering who's laughing right there, right? I got to introduce her the right way. I got to tell her why she's even here. Cause she's like, okay, what am I doing here with the podcast? Um, I met her online. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and when I saw her, I said, she looks familiar. She had a familiar face. I said, is it Rudy Huxtable? <laughs> is it Moesha? Maybe it's Journey Smollett. Did I say it right? Yeah, definitely. Who, who is she? No, no, no. She was none of those people. She was none other than Sierra, a Golden Bull, 1800 Seabrook Road representative from Fayetteville, Fayetteville. And I knew that that part was all that I need to know. Because if you haven't met anybody from Fayetteville, because I know this is all over the world, Fayetteville know how to do everything. Really, though. Really, though. Like, every type of person you can meet, they have a cousin from everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's cousins from all states. Yeah, my cousin lives in Albuquerque, New Mexico. What'd you say your name was? <laughs> like, that. you cannot get away with nothing in Fayetteville because everybody knows somebody that knows somebody that knows something about it. And, you know, most importantly in that city, you have E.E. E. Smith, um, which is a prominent high school in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And that school, shout out to the principals and the leadership, yes. the teachers, and, and, you know, the band, the football team, athletics, but also academics. But just the people that came from that school who have gone on to become prominent mm-hmm. in what they do. That's why you're here. Because the whole thing of this show, the purpose of the show is to find out what you do. And you are about to start a journey that I'm going to predict is going to be 10 years Add as much value as you possibly can. Add more value. Continue. The book Malcolm Gladwell, he talked about those kids going to the party. Everybody wanted to get those shoes. They had to find those shoes. They found out they were hush puppies. So eventually the department store started to carry the hush puppies. Now they could show up at those same parties dressed in the hush puppies. Eventually they made it to the Spiegel catalog. And kids in Maryland, like me, were able to get a pair of hush puppies. They had so many hush puppies all over the nation that those kids from East New York was like, ugh, like everybody wearing them now? And they moved on to Kenneth Cole. Mm. Like, <laughs> like, 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 they moved on. You know what I'm mm. saying? And it was like, you know, I was like, that was an upgrade, right? It was like, yo, eh, why y'all stay right there? We're going over here. And the point of that whole thing is that the trendsetters, the true trendsetters, mm-hmm are so authentic and they find inspiration in lemon pepper wings <laughs> and, and, and the flavors dictate a color you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying for a makeup line you know what right. I'm saying or as you say the aesthetic of the the vibe of the you store know? it might if you ate something and you had full control and you ate something spicy oh it might be Cinco de Mayo in this mm. dry you getting it ready yeah cilantro leaves <laughs> on, the, on everything you know what I'm saying <laughs> You know, you can do that type of vibe because you're feeling it. And I felt like, you know, we use certain things to help us grab that inspiration. Mm-hmm. I drink some Kool-Aid. I feel like I feel like a kid again. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? I, you know, um, I eat certain things. Like when the McRib comes out, I had to do it. I didn't really want to do Ooh. it. But I was like, I was like, the McRib, I wonder if it still tastes. I don't want to eat the McRib. I'm, never, I'm, said, I'm never going to eat another McRib again. And now I can't eat a McRib mm. because... 
I want the McRib because I remember what it tastes like. You remember what it used to taste like? I remember like? what it tastes like. You still remember what it tastes like? I do. Because you will smash the I fuck out of it. I'm not going to. You're not going to. Okay. Because you know it's not. It, if it was, I hope the McRib from before wasn't what we know McDonald's to be now. But, you know, if it is, que sera, sera. <laughs> Hopefully I flushed those, <laughs> that stuff a long Woo! time ago. I just, I'm up to, up to me not to put it back in my body, okay. right? But, um. You know, that's what I'll say. I just wanted to stop you for that, but I wanted to continue because that added value, you have that knowledge, Mm -hmm. that those intellectual properties, that Mm -hmm. proprietary information, Mm -hmm. that if you put it in a book and taught a class, you could charge for that class. And all you assembly have to do is just say, I am Sierra. This is what I've done. Hmm. I've been all over and I've done that. And everything you just said in the last five minutes mm-hmm. of an episode, you just put that in writing. Then you play a little trick on them. Don't have you be the one telling that you do that. It's always better when somebody, what, recommends you. Hmm. Which means you might have to do something for either a low price or for free. Right. Just to get your name out there Mm -hmm. but always whenever you do it don't ever walk to brooklyn for cheesecake like my man (laughs) kenny burns said let you know respect the greats but make sure the greats respect you you know what i'm saying i think everybody that was that i mentioned like the weekend and the the, you know alexander wang and all the people you might want to meet them but they would respect you more that you got their stuff looking top notch in the store mm-hmm. that you're responsible for right. because they want the launch to go even better. Right. Yes, it's all you about know, presentation. All about it. You know what I'm saying? You so know? how do we turn Sierra into the brand that they're looking for? How do you? Mm, that's a good question. You want the answer, right? I do. What is the answer? I just told you, you got to do something for free. You got to do it so fly that you're sought after. No, no, straight up. Yeah. You did something. I ain't got to necessarily say for free because a lot of people like to add value. Like, uh-uh, there ain't enough money. Mm-hmm. Case in point, I have a cleaning service, right? Mm-hmm. We make pretty good money. My first job, a guy didn't want to clean this one building. So he said, Kevin, I'll give you $25 to clean this little, you know, it's only 21 trash cans. Got to mop the bathroom, mm-hmm. Windex. I don't know. Get it done in a couple hours, take the trash out. Cardboard in this one, the trash in this one. Mm-hmm. Change the trash bags, vacuum, lock the door. $25. That's $100 a month. And you live pretty close to it. Mm-hmm. I sure do. I took that. Most people would have said, $25 ain't enough, man, to clean no building. Mm-hmm. I need a hundred. That's probably what you're getting. Let me get a hundred. <laughs> let me get 30. Let me get half. <laughs> let me, let me, let me, what's up? Let me count your money. I took the route to say, you know, I ain't going to. He offered that. Mm-hmm. He gives me the power now. Because now he thinks that, oh, I'll work for that. Yes, I will. You let me in. And when I took that job, I noticed things that he wasn't doing. I noticed ways he could make more money, i.e. knocking on the neighbor's door and saying, hey, we clean this building. Need yours clean? 
he never did that. Mm. He had been cleaning that same building for 10 years mm -hmm. and never ventured into this office park to see if anybody else needed his service. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I'll take that 25 because it took me a couple of hours. And I said, all right, I make about $10 an hour. If I get it done real quick, I make $20 an hour. But either way, it's $25 cash tax free. Mm -hmm. And I go next door and make $100 and take my time. Mm -hmm. So same gas that he paid for for me to show up to the next job mm -hmm. to get a hundred dollars then i got smart and said hey you know what people need jobs so you sourced out you got other people i don't do it anymore because mm. i'm here sitting with you you know what i mean mm -hmm. and i'm and, and somebody's very good guy his family's paid him and his son mm -hmm. cleaning a couple dealerships mm -hmm. about two banks in that same office only got like seven of them but he does it. And every job that I got for him, for the company, how do we do it? We got them to pay for the materials. It's the comp it's the you know, I'm cleaning your storage, mm -hmm. your mop. Right. Your vacuum. Right. Your trash bags. Oh, you you wanna use hyperallergenic, you know, <laughs> you know, eco friendly wipes? Leave them on the counter. We'll take care of it. Yeah. Your Ajax, your toilet bowl brush. Right. Mention your vacuum, your dumpster. Mm -hmm. All we really do is doing labor. Labor, right. And labor, people love to labor. And I love to let people work for their money. Mm -hmm. So this guy and his son, he gets $75. Now, mind you, I'm getting, I was getting $25. And, hey, you know, unfortunately, the guy did move on. And I ended up getting the building. So what he was getting, he kind of gave it to me. He retired from the whole thing. And because I was so faithful taking that $25, he said, man, you can have the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So now I get the whole 100 I think he's only getting $75. But now what we do, we do the, the um, you know, the environmental cleaning for COVID. So mm -hmm. now it's, you know, $125. Because yeah. we got to spray your death. Right. <laughs> surfaces. <laughs> we got the, the surfaces. Okay. And we do that. So. 125 over here. I still charge the guy next door 100. And he talking about people that aren't nasty. They just if there's something liquid, they know to put it in the, the break room bag. And sometimes I'll get to the building and they would have already taken that bag to the dumpster. Hmm. So I'm really just making them feel good and right. it doesn't hurt their pocket. What's a hundred dollars a week? Make sure you you starting to look nice for a customer. So this whole thing, I, I paid this guy 75 dollars. He knocked out both of them real quick. Mm -hmm. And in his mind, $75 in two hours is real good. Mm -hmm. He brings his son with him, who's kind of autistic, I think, I don't know, because he has headphones on mm -hmm. all the time, mm -hmm. don't really talk, but he clean with him. Mm -hmm. and now he's doing what? He's, he's showing us a, it's an activity, bro, for his son. Mm -hmm. He's making $75 a Sunday to clean a building that it takes him, he can walk to, because mm -hmm. he lived even closer than I did. But I noticed he was sweeping somebody else's drink. Mm. And one day he let me, one day, I, nah, man, how about right now? I met this guy trying to get on somewhere else. He was trying to find his purpose. And I'm not saying be cleaning a building was his purpose, mm -hmm. but $75 a Sunday so he can always have Sunday dinner and for groceries. Like, you never know what a man needs $75 mm -hmm. for to walk into a household for. Mm -hmm. And with an autistic son, yeah, I felt like he needed that. He took that, I gave him, gave it to him, but I said he had to do it now. Mm -hmm. It was a sense of urgency. Mm -hmm. If this day didn't happen, I knew it was going to happen. And I was going to be able to tell you face to face, Sierra, 
sense of urgency is upon you. Not to be anxious about it, mm -hmm. but the sense of urgency is there. If 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 no for no other reason but that ring on your finger reminds you. I didn't even know you, but I was hurting so bad when I was like, I don't even really know them. I mean, like, mm -hmm. it was this weird thing. Like, I can't hurt for it. I didn't met, never met. Mm -hmm. I don't really know. I can't, you know, who am I to, to say anything? But just to, to imagine, you know what I'm saying? Somebody who I vision as so perfect, who don't even think that, like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> because when I read books like Malcolm Gladwell's Tipping Point, I saw that you were doing it unapologetically and you didn't research to do it. There's no book on being cool, but there are books about aesthetics mm -hmm. and schematics, right? Mm -hmm. And you did receive great education right, to see you go to school, to, to know what you're talking about. So to say, hey, I'm a visual merchandiser and you can go into a Barney's, you can go into a Bird Off, you can go to any store. And say, hey, look, you know what? I like what you're trying to do. Um, but, hey, you know what? I'm Sierra. I'm here. I'm here to help you. I'm here to save you. I'm about to save the day. How do you get to that nerve? How do you be that audacious? I'm going to help you work on it. Because if I have to say it, it's going to seem weird. But at first. <laughs> at first. But it'll be cool. Think about it. I paint a picture for you. Mm -hmm. About you. Mm -hmm. Before you even get somewhere. And all you got to do is live up to it. That's kind of fucked up, right? That's a lie. Yeah, but guess what? What if you actually do it, though? Because hmm. what, what what's the main thing you need? The budget, right? The budget. It's yeah. kind of hard to do that with this. <laughs> she said she want real unicorns like a horse <laughs> with a horn. She want a real one. $200, really. I don't know. Oh, they have death. A comma, and they want to do. I think we can do that. I think I can. How much you think it costs a uh, Lowe's to get on a jumbotron at a, at a CIAA basketball game? Twenty five thousand dollars. Okay. These budgets were like a hundred and thirty thousand dollars, and you went to CIAA, mm -hmm. and you knew. So here's a little thing: a lot of people don't know. And this is a hustle. Mm -hmm. This is exclusive hustle. I'm deep in, bearing it deep down into this episode. Hopefully, we've got to cut it out. There were two buildings, the arena and the Civic Center. The Civic Center, free to the public. Mm -hmm. you got to pay to get into the games. Right. The hustle was McDonald's, sponsor, sponsor B, sponsor C, sponsor mm -hmm. Coors Light. Right. Have a mega thing going on over here in the convention center. Right. <laughs> and then, because you know, a lot of people come to see LAA fans, right. you know, there's going to be a slam dunk contest, a McDonald's slam dunk contest. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the McDonald's Super Saturday with Bow Wow. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to be, I'm loving it. You know, we're going to say, ba da ba ba ba. We're going to bring Ronald. We're going to paint this picture. Mm -hmm. But eventually they were like, yo, where are the fans at the game? They were like, ah, oh, we. What do you mean? What do you mean, fam? You got me paying for the slam dunk contest, thirty thousand for the jumbotron. We got bow wow on Saturday. Why ain't nobody at the game? Oh, don't because uh, they out in the street. Well, get us in the street. That's when they got the convention center. Mm. 
They said, okay, we'll have a convention center going all day, every day. High school day, college right. fairs, all types right. of things going on. Reasons to go there. Boys and men performing on Sunday type stuff. Like, mm-hmm. free. Boys yeah. and men. Sponsored by Coors Light, though. Mm. Sponsored by Coors Light. And if you can show that added value, like, why? All you have to do is do it for somebody one time. And that one person has to be of substance. Now, I mentioned people like the baby, but we have people like S-Dot. And that's where I come in. That's where I can't sleep at night because I feel like, yo, I got to get cuz lit. You know what I'm saying? Like, he got to be like, you got to be, you know, don't you want to be a star? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I got to help you be a star. Like, be a star. Like, go jump. Right. Like, just, just be a star. But I know it's easier said than done. Absolutely. But once you do it one time, you know, you eat, you all, you always going to be that. You got that one thing to fall on. I mean, but he been steady. He been on the oh, right yeah. path. Been... It takes 10 years to be an overnight celebrity, they said. Uh, That's what I heard. That's what I heard. 10 yeah. years be an overnight celebrity. And it's okay because it's that journey. That's why I said your journey may be 10 years. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the money. You wouldn't be able to need the money right. now. Right. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But right. if you had $300 million, you don't want to be the, the lottery winner that lost all the bread. Right. Because that's a crazy 10-year journey. Somebody had 300 Remember that lady had like $300 million? Kept, she, she lost kept, it. Yeah, lost it. She, she broke now or something like that. Like bailing everybody out and, oh, you know, man. buying everybody everything, you know, all that good stuff. Guess what? Don't have it anymore. And Tragic. I, I look at, when I talk about sense of urgency, there have been times... When I've been like, yo, the bins, this is all that's left of it. Mm. <laughs> this is the war from Rome, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But the bins is all that's left of it. Yeah. And I wonder, like, it had to be a purpose. Yeah. And it's like, all right, I got to how to say this, what soul fever is, and, and, and push it into somebody. And when I push it into somebody's mind, like, yo, just, just think it like this for a little while. Like, I'm fucking special. This mm-hmm. is what I do. Can't nobody really do it better than me because mm-hmm. I do this like that. Like, everybody doing it like that, but I do this one thing like that. Mm-hmm. Now, if I had to write, got to skip over L, got to get to the exclusive relationship. If I had the right exclusive relationship to portray to the world my ideology of how something should be, mm-hmm. the aesthetics, then I will help impact others' lives at a monumental rate. Right. Which will mean money. Sounds great. Or you can do the other path, which I think that God gave me, mm-hmm. which is going to my last day, helping you skip that, that, that step. I used my whole life, dedicated my whole life to believing this way. And every single thing that I've encountered mm-hmm. is because I gave a fuck not to give a fuck about a door, a, a ticket, Seats, yeah. all these little confining things. Like, why don't I go to a Jay Z concert and sit in seats? Stand on the backstage here. Wanna be in the dressing room? Ha ha ha! Hey, you with them? Nah, not really. But hey, yo, you can't be in here. Oh, that's cool. Hey, holla, ho! <laughs> like, you know, how did this motherfucker get in here? And find a way to be like, yo, there was no, there's no uh, video, no GoPros back then. Mm-hmm. You didn't take selfies. You just could remember the moment happened right. to you. You lived in a moment. Oh, man. It's some wonderful moment. What's some wonderful moment you've had that no one else could be like, yo, 
you you wish there was Twitter or Facebook or you wish you had a picture with this person or this moment of Man. Was it when I, you auditioned for a different world? I didn't though. <laughs> Is that you? That's who you were. All moments, man. Just growing up. You know, even in my childhood, my my parents were in the military or whatever. So um, we lived in Japan growing up for about four years in Okinawa. So like, it's just I we just remember. I have vivid memories, like really good memories of like just growing up there and just wish that I had like a GoPro thing, like how these kids now with these iPads. Mm -hmm. I wish I was an iPad kid living there now. You want to go back to Japan? One of these days I will. One of these days I will. Traveling, you know, COVID ain't going to stop nobody. You just got to move cautiously, you know, take the precautions. Mm -hmm. If you need to, get your vaccination and, you know, move accordingly. But um, I do plan to just, you know, continue to travel. I have a passport, so I definitely want to stamp that up. I think that's part of my new purpose, you know, moving forward. Um, It's just a lot of goals and hobbies that I just really want to get into. Did you get into those? Did you get into some of those hobbies in Japan? Do you feel? Do you have a vivid thing from happening in Japan? It's like, yo, that's what set it off for me. For this, that's what made me love this. You know what? I think so. There's this one picture. There's this one picture, um, one holiday. My, Our parents um, went all out Christmas or whatever. This is when we was living in Japan. And I just remember standing there and I had this purse on. And I had these shades on. And, like, you could see all my little, like, I was feeling, like, so proud, like, standing around all my little clothes. And I just was just like, you know what? Like, maybe that's when I realized, like, oh, I'm going to be really into, like, fashion. And I did a lot of, like, my, my mom and then my mom and my dad used to say all the time that I was just so theatrical growing up. So I just knew that I was going to really be into the arts. And then growing up, we were, me and my sister really were into the arts. Um, you know, we played, we were in the band. So my sister played the clarinet. I played the saxophone. Um, like, I was really into, like, theater, mm-hmm. you know. I did a lot of dressing up growing up, you know. You know, doing my own shows. Band is band is hard work too. Band is hard work. E using E Smith's band. E Smith's band. Oh, that's, yes. that was a whole job. With Mr. Pratt. That was a whole job. And I tell you, that was that was some real work. But that was really great. That Check was it out. So you was in the band with Joseph G, right? I was. Now Joseph G Joseph, is one of those oh, exclusive um, relationships. But you know what? He was amazing. He's always been amazing. Like he was yeah, you know, always super talented at everything. Like, like, like literally <laughs> everything. He was just super talented at everything. And so me seeing him where he yo, is he's now, like Prince. Like you know, I never saw him play basketball, is, but I can imagine him being like. <laughs> We just want some you know pancakes. What? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you Joseph, know, Joseph is just, you know, my dog. He's a phenomenon. Yo, him. he remember he I put him in that play. He played Scrooge in the play. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He was the star of the he played He put together our senior years. It was we did a fashion I think it was fashion a fashion show. show. Yes, and he yeah. was our coordinator. He showed he, everybody he's like, teach he used to teach the girls how to dumb, do the flag. Like like yeah. like the dance girls, like this is what you gotta do during the break he, he was did everything. On Point. On point. He, he he really is a jack of all trades. As far as like, really just, just just in the world of just arts, like he's just amazing. So right? it's exclusive relationships with that. Yeah. His dad, Doctor G. Yes. Used to do the announcing at the football games. 
Yes. So, of course, I'm into that. Mm-hmm. I remember Jeff Wamba was like, yo, you got a great voice. You want to do uh, Marching Broncos? It's like, what do you mean? Dude, what is my voice? Like, you can be the announcer for the marching band. I'm like, what? So, I got to go to all the games. Yeah. You know, sat on the auxiliary bus. <laughs> Just to guard, oh, the, okay. you know, to make sure everybody had their flags, you know. <laughs> yeah. <But> anyway, <laughs> went to all the, um, the, the what's up, trying to the Golden Corrals every Saturday. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love band life, but the thing about band life that taught me the most about life was like, yo, you gotta have a great time. Yeah. Now, like, never drank so much in my life. Like the band, we drank so much, and then I got into Honda Battle the bands. Mm-hmm. I got into how to battle bands, band coordinator. Now I'm with bands in Virginia State and uh, shout out my man um, and uh, Bethune Cookman, you know what I'm saying? Um, Mr. Duncan. Southern, my so, favorite. Southern was in the, mm-hmm. everybody came through. And then the crazy thing about it, we will always have like a star, like whether man, Monica, Ludacris, we had Bow One Time, Neo, mm-hmm. Big Sean. A lot of people would perform at the Battle of the Bands. Because of my time in radio, I had met some of these people already. Mm-hmm. And I knew it wasn't about the person. Because everybody's trying to see Big Sean. But if you knew so-and-so that's always with him, then you could, you know, hey, man, okay, you want to get a chance. My little cousin's trying to get a picture. you know, mm-hmm. Not me, little cousin. And you can make moments like that happen. Yeah. And that's why I used to love to do, like, mm-hmm. like make something like that happen. But then it's like, you know, it's it got to be bigger than a picture. Mm-hmm. Well, he's wearing, I like how he's wearing it. Somebody put that together. Mm-hmm. Moneybag Yo, his stylist was from like somewhere in North Carolina. And he was rocking like Dolce Gabbana t-shirts and stuff when we brought him here. And I was like, oh, you from North Carolina? She's like, yeah. <laughs> Thank God for the internet. You know, the internet broke everybody's, yeah. the barriers down. Like, you didn't have to be in on Fifth Avenue. Yeah. Now you know what they're, what they're wearing in fashion. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, I feel like that is... And that and that's just me feeling, but you're the ultimately want to be like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I don't like that, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes you gotta say it, somebody else hear it. We're recording this, you know, you're gonna hear it again. Be like, oh yeah, yeah. it makes sense. Your inspiration came from something so minute, like that that time in Japan, that picture, mm-hmm. that it really kind of painted your know, the whole life, like your your career. You didn't stray away and do something that you really didn't like to do. You just said a picture when you was how old? Four years old? Yeah. A yeah, picture. And then now you, you create aesthetics, which are visual pictures. Visual. Merchandising. Yeah. From, you, you know, I appreciate you saying four years old. I'd like to be a visual merchandiser <laughs> when I grow up. Because Lord knows I ain't say I want to be a consultant. I thought there was a short list like fireman, policeman, army man, like doctor. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, in kindergarten. I didn't see anything on the list that I didn't know I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I do that. My mom showed me how to hustle. Like, you can have a Lexus in the driveway, and, uh, you know, your furnace be broke, but you got to, you know, pay the mortgage. So, you know, it's going to be kind of cold here a couple months. But it's okay. <laughs> We're going to drop this oven door. We're going to take showers at night. Okay. We got this heated blanket. I got these quilts. Okay. It's going to be some grits and porridge and all types of warm things. And you know what? We don't even be here a lot because we're going to school. <laughs> I'm going to work. I'm going to school. I'm going to work. So we survive, and I love that because it instilled in me, like, you know what I'm saying, like, it's what we at now. Mm-hmm. You have what it takes. I've watched people that you don't even know 
say, man, I like that. And I knew that you had something to do with it. Standing across the hallway at Foot Locker, looking at the vibe of H&M. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know if or that, mm-hmm. but I was like, that's what she does. Yeah. When you post a picture and it's like a couch or the sun coming through it, like, wow, I like those colors. You know what? I have a shirt and some shoes mm-hmm. with those colors in it. I'm about to go wear it right now. You know what I'm saying? You know, your details happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Monetize it makes you feel or makes you know or makes me know that, hey, well, somebody's buying into what I'm talking about. Right. But I know that if I don't tell them my theory, like I, if I don't tell you, if I don't tell it, then nobody knows. I kept it to myself. That stopped last year because mm-hmm. in 2019, when I was like, you know what? Enough is enough. Enough journeys. When I work a job at teaching, Foot Locker or BMW, if you think about it, every single job has something to do with what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. I was learning people. I never forget Stephen Mudgett, E. Smith, Mm -hmm. said, Hey, I'll give you these two pairs of Jordans for $80 because I'm trying to get the stretch Hummer for prom. Know what these are, but I'll take them. <laughs> You're not getting these back. Here's the money, bitch. Take a hundred dollars. I feel bad. I gave you forty dollars per shoe mm-hmm. for some. He got gains with some Apple Eights. Like he didn't even know. He didn't even care. Mm-hmm. He was trying to get something else. Yeah. There's another cat named Josh who knew the release dates for Supreme. Now, Supreme's been out since 94. Mm-hmm. We're talking about 07, 08. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, calling Karma Loop. And, like, I'm like, wow, this is what's up. Yeah, he was, like, telling me all the hot shit. I'm like, and I'm a teacher, like, hmm. <laughs> you know what? I'm tired of wearing this baggy shit. I think it's about to change. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I want to get too tight, but I like those jeans because I'm from D.C. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even really like to wear the baggy, baggy right, shit. Right, right. I like, you know, Italian cut type shit. Hugo Balls type shit. Like, diesel jeans, something like that. Visus when they was... Some red monkey back in the day, but then they, all mm. of it started getting real big and mm-hmm. trendy. Yeah. And they said, well, if this is what they want, wild legs, we give them wild right. legs. And when I saw that the big brands were doing nothing but making us look like what they wanted to look like, give us a bunch of images in magazines, then we go buy it. Mm-hmm. And then when we like, we see somebody else cooler than us on a video because they have a stylist mm-hmm. or somebody in their ear, like, we're doing this now. Right. Now we dump all this and everybody's playing catch up. The key to all that is the visual, visionary, the vision. I keep coming back to the vision because <laughs> you got to have it. Yeah. You have added value because not only did you like to do it as a kid and dreamt to do it. You educated yourself. You paid your dues. Mm-hmm. You didn't take the elevator. How many years did you do visual merchandising? For about... Are we at ten eight, years? About eight years. I'm and I'm gonna give you. And I'm gonna give you two more on the front end. <laughs> from when you was, in, would you go to college anywhere? I did. I went to the illustrious North Carolina and Agricultural Technical State University. All right, okay. cool. Right. Um, but that's a fashion show every day. It that's, is a fashion show. But I got my bachelor's in um, journalism and mass communications with a concentration in PR, public relations. Realized that really wasn't what I wanted to do. And why? Why not? Um, 
public relations. I feel like you, you were perfect for that, right? Public relations. It's just, you know, doing PR. and It was just being a publicist. That's what I was concentrating mm-hmm. on, just becoming a publicist. I just realized, like, I just didn't want to deal with it. Like, even when I was at track, leaving track, I did because um, I went through a life tragedy, you know, of an unexpected death of my mother. And um, it just shifted my, my view on things. Even prior to even passing, I already knew that, you know, doing it, doing the visual merchandising, you know, doing it on this scale in corporate, like, I'll probably do it for a few more years, but I know that this is not where I was going to, like, stay. Mm-hmm. And it just, with the loss of my mom and how unexpected, how unexpectedly it happened, it was just, like, put things into perspective. It was, like, time is of the essence, like, now. So I, you know, resigned from my job, um, like, maybe a month or two after she passed. Mm-hmm. And... I'm just now like refocusing on the things I wanted to do. So I want to get into carpentry. I want to, you know, go into staging and interior design decor. Like I really want to curate um, content for people or like want to build said, sets, play build, sets. I do it. I would love to do that. Build that's, set. Let's know, have a play. To, Let's do a play. You know, do build sets here and there because you know that's something the aspect that I've been doing. You know, within visual merchandising, like even with Trek, we would go into different places and acquire different stores and literally gut these stores from whatever brand they were and gut the store completely and convert it into a truck store. Mm-hmm. So like literally getting rid of sometimes we'd be putting up drywall, sometimes we'd be taking out like taking out of like huge um cash wraps and yeah. things like that, like demolition type things and like really be in there building stuff up and places. So that it's it's what they need to look like. What yeah. I need. Yeah. So That's I just realized that I work extremely well with my hands. I have a, a eye for like just an aesthetic on things I how I think things What about outside look. landscaping? Sometimes I do. Do you like gardens too. and stuff? I do like gardens. Like, like backyard have, patios? I think those are beautiful. Like, I thought about things like that. Um, I got, you know, I'm really into indoor plants, like home plants. So. Ooh, I'm, I'm over here bubbling because I got a but, job for you, yo. I'm alone. <laughs> but for real, like, I'm just, you know, trying to move towards that, that, that purpose and that, and that scheme because... My prior to my mom passing, like me and my sister and my mom, you know, we had had like this idea of wanting to have like a family business together. Mm-hmm. My mom was really dope, and that's the thing where I feel like I get a lot of my like um, visual eye from is from my mom mm-hmm. because I mean the girl could just she had an eye for every like anything. She I had mean, that living room you couldn't go in and sit in. I mean the whole home almost seemed like that. Oh and my she god. Just, she just knew she just had every place had something there and it was just but it was so aesthetically pleasing and I, if you hear the word aesthetics like one of my favorite words but it's like the way you can really describe your own personal being it's mm-hmm. like your aesthetic what you embody and my mom just had it from and she didn't just have it and have it she knew some like some give you some tidbits about it yeah she could like, tell you why she would do it like this mm-hmm. and she ed- she was always self educating herself on anything so she could probably almost do practically anything and she was the wife of somebody traveling while you the child traveling to all these places <laughs> she's the wife traveling to all these places you know my mom was just you know she was just really into that like interior type of thing so we was going to charge that she was into homes like she would go around she was going to get her real estate license so that's just some goals me and my sister you know have set and you know that we plan to continue to do and want to do but you want to get your license you want to get your license um i wasn't really on that end i'm thinking about it 
Jesus, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. Thinking about it. Let me tell you like this. My mom told me when she got her license uh-huh. in 1972. Yes. Or somewhere around there. She never had to look for a job again. Now, she's pretty dope. And, she, you know what I'm saying? I, I've been looking up to her. And I haven't passed this test. Mm-hmm. I'm like on my fifth time. Yeah. But I heard it's online courses now, mm-hmm. which makes it really easier. And, you know, just take it, you know, I feel like this is not my gift to you. This is my reminder okay. to you. You got my own. <laughs> but it's all about the appendix. I'll tell anybody, you got to read the appendix, the mm-hmm. vocabulary. Look yes. at all those vocabulary, those problems, and the appendix, which is the real North Carolina. It's in the black, actually. I don't know where it is. Oh, there it is. Yeah. The sample contracts. Oh. This is where you learn real estate. Guess where all these things are? Where? In your local courthouse. Oh, wow. Because these have to be filed in order to take you to foreclosure. Mm. You bought the house. Yeah. All this gets filed to say that you own this house and say you're going to pay for the house and all that other stuff. Now you're about to foreclose on you. But this is pretty much what the book takes out each thing. And talks about it. Mm. And if you can catch on to it really fast, while that, in the time frame in which they got to teach you this whole book, you can pass the test. Mm. If you can't, you know, so you had to sacrifice. And I was building million dollar corporations trying to take the test too. And that's when I had to stop. Right. Uh, and, and I didn't stop building the million dollar corporations. I stopped two things stopped building million dollar corporations that weren't going to build my corporation. Mm. Meaning, I'm just working right. for Burger King, and they ain't giving me nothing off these fries. Right. And secondly, I stopped acting like I could do those things and give all my concentration to this. That was my mom's thing. That was what she did. My mom, I don't remember her being in any plays. Yet, I memorized all of Walter Lee Younger's lines for Raising the Sun and became him. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And that's something that she didn't do. Mm-hmm. So, it was like, well... I would listen to my mom because it's all I had. I met my dad later in life. By the time I met my dad, found out that, you know, just put it this way, Christmases could have been a lot better than they was, mm-hmm. but I'm like, dang, bro, yeah, yeah. It's cool. Mm-hmm. It made me who I was. It made me not want to be like that. Let me let me do what I got to do right. so I ain't like that. Right. Which is keep working, keep your head down, do whatever. But when it came to this, I saw how it was a hustle. I learned the hustle of real estate. Hmm. And the hustle of real estate, being a broker, there are things you can't really do. Being just a regular citizen in America, you can do. As a broker, there are things you have to disclose. Hmm. As a regular person in America, there's things you don't have to disclose. Hmm. And... When I learned, I was like, wait a second, there's, there's a loophole. Meaning, let me do it this way because I already can do it this way. I don't have to take another test. I don't have to prove myself. Like, what can I do? I've always been away. What can I do that's so easy? I'm a real lazy person. No, how can I, I feel you. How can I make this I like easier, though? Guys. Simple it, simple flat as drink. Yes. You know, how can I work a 12 hour work day? And not work a 12-hour work day. No, for real. This is how I work a 12-hour work day. And I did that because, I, you know, the gray hair didn't come from nowhere. It came from gunshots and mm. 
car accidents and you know seeing crazy shit yeah and it's like man this is i thought i wanted to do that but i don't know if i'm gonna do that i thought i wanted to be this but you know it's a real headache to have these parties you know how people when mm. they drunk. They t- you know, as a matter of fact, mm. now that I just said drunk and I looked at you, I think I've seen you twisted. And you then probably been cuss me out for K Mac, go ahead. Me. Look, you gonna let us in or die. Fuck not all me. that. Maybe, not me. And one of y'all go to bulls. And somebody see me like, look. They they tell you straight up, the quietest one be like, do let you know in that liquor in the system. Ain't no telling what the fuck matter death. But um I love it. I love the fact that I was able to just like yo connect with getting paid, and, and I'm not saying you know I get paid enough because I'm too like some people. I start adding up the money, like okay, how do I get fifty more thousand dollars? I need six figures. You know what I'm saying? Or how do I get you know what I'm saying like how do you get to me hundred thousand ten times? I gotta make twenty two thousand dollars a week. The fuck to be a millionaire? Mm-hmm. You really have to do that shit. Mm-hmm. $22,000 a week. $22,000 a week. You can't do that by yourself. You got to have some shit happening that's in high demand that you can make $22,000 a week. Like a tobacco store, chicken. Or, you know. My man Peter that owns Lee's Kitchen. You heard of Lee's Kitchen? Mm-hmm. He, don't be in, he don't be there scooping macaroni, jerking the chicken. He don't do that. <laughs> pause. But he <laughs> he's not doing any of that. I call him. He's in Daytona. Mm. Yeah, man. I just got to get away in mind. <laughs> Is something wrong with the oxygen? mind? He's like, no, nah, no, nah, everything good. Man. Call me when you get back. I'm like, he's always relaxing. But yeah. he has one pair of Prada shoes that he wears to work. He's had them for 11 years. They're leaning to the side. And he was there in the beginning by himself every night. Mm-hmm. He comes when they don't know at 5 o'clock in the morning just to taste the jerk sauce to make sure it's right. Mm-hmm. Rest, both restaurants. Mm-hmm. He, they don't see that part. And that's why I've, I've realized when, if I start, if I want to be in that number, I have to start operating like that number. Who doesn't care about this, this meat pennies. What, these pennies? <laughs> your salary? You're here for your salary? <laughs> Can't live off the salary. <laughs> We're here for the commission. Hmm. Fuck the salaries to keep my lights on, my my gas in my truck, hmm. and my phone service, you know, popping. I'm here for the, you know, the commission. Hmm. Added value is the only way you get that commission. Believing in yourself, which I know you do. Mm-hmm. Because you've gotten this far because you did believe in yourself. You're still standing because you believe in yourself. Some people would be crumbled and crushed. You can still stand. And it could be a facade, but you, because you went to 1800, you can really put the facade up real good. <laughs> if it ain't a bad, if, you know, because I think some of those kids went through some shit to get them to school. They but they did. would, and, and I had, I didn't want to be that teacher to be like, come down on you, come down on you, because right. I didn't really know what you had to go through to get here. Right. But I'm the rest of the world. The world does not care. You have to do your thing. And we're not going to stop. The bell's going to ring. We're going to dismiss here. And if you didn't learn all you can, I don't know what to tell you. You got to go out there in life. If you got kicked out or suspended and you weren't here to learn it, they've already graduated. You were in their class, and that class already turned into asthma. So this thing that's called life, this thing is going in a sense of urgency. That's one of the rules of success. Mm -hmm. Separating yourself from the norm. You don't sit in the seats anymore, baby girl. 
Those are for ticket holders. <laughs> They're coming to see your work. You were there long before they got there. It will be there long after they leave. I receive it. I receive that. I receive that. Think about that. That's what theater is. Mm -hmm. We just had dress rehearsal last night. Tech rehearsal last night. Oh, my God. I'm tired. I'm tired of this building. <laughs> but you, when you see that little kid twinkle, that eye twinkle, right. when they, how the hell they get lights up there? Or... <laughs> You know, somebody coming from the back of the room. I remember when we did that play with Joseph G in it. He was one of the ones that said, we need more people in this play. Like, mm -hmm. We need Scrooge, the ghost. What are you mm -hmm. talking about? We don't need a lot mm -hmm. of people. He was like, no, we can get the girls from the dance team, like Chauncey and Misha and a mm -hmm. couple other girls. And they came and had little routines. So every time there was a song break, mm -hmm. these girls would run down the aisle and and it became yeah. a hip-hop Christmas yeah. carol. Do you remember that play? Yes, I remember it. Didn't y'all have a story in the paper? Paper and stuff like that. I was I was working my angles. Hey, go take a picture of us. I was at the radio station. Mm -hmm. I already knew the editors. Mm -hmm. Of course, Dan Wright was in the paper. Yeah. But I also had somebody that really wanted it. Yeah. Those kids wanted it. They had a thirst for the stage. Mm -hmm. And I'd never forget it. I tried to go buy, because, you know, usually with a play, you buy the script. You buy the rights. Mm -hmm. I want to do the Wiz. You have to buy the rights to do the Wiz. They right. send you the rights. They send you the scripts and everything, because and, that's how licensing and publishing. Somebody right. got to get paid off that. Right, right. Royalties. I say, or you guys can just write your own play. And I forget this girl named Dejan Hunter. Real mm -hmm. cool girl. I remember her. Yeah. I do. Spark. I do. Her that. and another girl who was really into like the Jinko jeans and darkness. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but they teamed up yeah. and rewrote Charles Dickens. And of course, me being a teacher, open your books to chapter 379. This is about Charles Dickens. Why we got to learn about Charles Dickens? Because mm -hmm. you got to learn about Charles Dickens. Right. Got to make it correlate. Right. Charles Dickens did this. Nah, nah. He did his play. You know, and talked about Scrooge and the meaning of what Scrooge was. And they got into it. And somebody said, I was like, why don't we just rewrite the play? Mm -hmm. And we could call it a hip-hop Christmas carol. It's like, I like it. Give me more. Mm. She said, yeah. And then we can, uh, you know, Scrooge can be the CEO of Chopping Scrooge Records. Had Making the band was hot, so we'll just have, you know, Cratchit. He just won Making the band. And, you know, I need my CD. I need to, you got to have an album finished. <laughs> I don't give a shit if you got to work on Christmas Eve or not. And then he gets visited by three ghosts. Mm -hmm. The Ghost of Christmas Pass. Shout out Kendrick Mays and Aaron Miller. <laughs> All right. Biggie and Tupac come and visit him. <laughs> then the Ghost of Christmas Present. Mm -hmm. Sierra was played by Kelsey McCray. McCray, yes. Come in there. Then the Ghost of Christmas had to come. I had to let my grunge kids get their... You know, their darkness, like, I'll do the makeup for this. We're all dead. <laughs> it's a graveyard. Like, yes, give me more, give me more. And the dance team, because I had a dance team by this time, right. did Thriller, the whole sequence. You know, all that shit, mm -hmm. dead bomb and everything. Mm -hmm. And it was a hip-hop Christmas carol. Yeah. Of course, at the end of it, you know, Scrooge is like, you know what, I'm... Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. And they dance and everybody, right. you know, you have people crumping and stuff because Run It was yeah. out back yep. then. Yep. And it was magical, but it was yeah. so profitable as well. Because mm -hmm. I've always been about the profits. Okay. <laughs> 150 <laughs> seats in that auditorium. Mm -hmm. $5 a head. How much is that? Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. It's about $1,500. Mm -hmm. 
freshmen and sophomores, y'all get to come on Thursday. Juniors and seniors, you get to come on Friday. You don't have to go to fourth period class if you buy a ticket. Sebastian, go sell these tickets in the hallway and bring me back at least this much. Who was the principal at the time? Quarters? Quarters and, yeah, quarters. Which yeah, quarters was? Quarters. I remember Sebastian, and we laugh about it to this day, because I think some people were willing to pay $10 to get out of fourth period class. <laughs> but the tickets were only $5. Okay. But think about it. He had created some type of urgency, like, yo, 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 we didn't care if the parents came and saw. You know, the, those would be the joints that be vacant, the little shows at the end of the night. And the night, <laughs> parents won't go home. Okay. Go to, seven o'clock, like, oh, recital. <laughs> seven o'clock. Like, them recitals aren't cool no more. I'm so glad for Zoom recitals. Those are good now. I can watch you from home. <laughs> like. Wow. Times have changed. Times have changed, right? You know what I'm saying? But I just remember that play happening. We made. A lot of money, like mm-hmm. like five thousand dollars. No, it's twenty five hundred. Wait, let me do the math. Because it was a lot of it was five thousand dollars at the end of the day, and when I mean ticket sales throughout the whole thing, there was no budget in the. I mean, there's no budget when I got there, mm-hmm. and I left it with five thousand dollars in the tank. Oh, wow. You know, minus expenses. <laughs> Somebody had to pay for this okay. drywall, these lights. Yeah. Uh, I, bu- I brought in a lighting designer, my man Chase. You know what I'm saying? Wow. We had a choreographer. Yes. We had all these positions and everything, and people had to get paid. Yeah. And rightfully so, some people did um, just donate their time because mm-hmm. it was a high school. Mm-hmm. But guess who really got paid? The kids that was in it. We ate pizza, parties, all types of things, whatever they did. You hear legendary things about Mr. McCurman's class, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, forevermore because that class made money. Mm. Right. So $750 for a show during the day for full period mm-hmm. times two, $1,500. Mm-hmm. That's why that was $1,500. Mm-hmm. And then we had other shows. I'm like, let's do this again. So we had Encore, and we just make, you know, make the money as a Christmas player. I showed them y'all can make $1,500 off of one play. It changed it. Yeah. It made it a business. They took it serious. And there was one person that took it very serious, and that was Joseph mm-hmm. Harrison G., who said, oh, man, I'm in the business of being a showman. He is. In his mind, they all came to see him. <laughs> in, Sebast- in Sebast's mind, they wanted to get out of fourth period. Okay. In my mind, I did my job. Okay. See, think about it. Yep. I'm 26, 27 years old. Mm-hmm. They pressing me like, why did they let them? Why you let them call you K Mac? Like, cause I'm on the radio. It's some shit, cool shit I do. They now, was really pressing you for man, them calling yeah. you K Mac. Yeah, it was really pressed. It was really. Because we wasn't calling you Mr. McCrimmon. Yeah, was, I mean, what is that? I mean, I didn't know you knew that name. <laughs> you know how to say you said it right too. How you said it? You know how to pronounce People my name. Are crazy. Oh my gosh! Like, let, let it say, be known. Let I it do be known. I may not say much, but I do observe. She knows I'm recording this. I can't say anything on top of that, but (laughs) that's what's up, you know what I'm saying? Being observant, like these purple nails that she has on. It's called amethyst. Yo, that's my mother's birthstone. Is it really? February. Beautiful stone. Beautiful stone. But see how I knew what amethyst was? Mm -hmm. The one vocabulary word you threw out there, I was with it. (laughs) 
I didn't get it from a book. I got it from my mother, mm-hmm. always looking at the amethyst stones and yeah. jewelry, mm-hmm. growing up, just knowing, even now, glad I came into my mind. Right. You go down a sack, get some amethyst, something for okay. mom's birthday. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But that amethyst color right there mm-hmm. is also purple. Yeah. And that it's the purple family, which is yeah. near and dear to my heart because of my fraternity. You know, which is <laughs> my color of royalty. Yeah, my uncle's a part of that fraternity. Where was his name? His name is Quizel White. Right. Yeah. I'm going to act like I know him because, you know, I'm on the, <laughs> recording and everything. What up, Doc? Rudolph. No. But um, we we have four things that we, we, we live by, man. It's manhood, which is the act of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Scholarship, which is the ability to not only learn, but apply that which you've learned. Perseverance, which is continuous and tenacious effort. Mm-hmm. And uplift to help another. Pledge my life to it. It seems to work. Mm. Service has opened so many doors. So when I say do stuff for free, I'm not saying do it for free long. Right. But be of service. So many times I've been in concerts because I was there helping. And then it was kind of like, hey, who's that guy? With? Yeah. Is he with the tour or is he with the Coliseum? <laughs> and I would be like in between. Like right. I'm not with the tour or the Coliseum. Okay. But you don't know. Right, you don't know. I was here before you got here to put mm. your yellow jacket on, Mr. Event Staff, man. Mm. You're asking me, hey, man, how was the show in Atlanta? Yeah, man, it's cool. They're pretty tired, though, man. It was a real big show last night. You got any more of those earplugs? Okay. <laughs> no, I don't want to. I'm going to text. I see this show like so many times. Drake's about to jump off okay. the Drake's about to jump off the car. His car's about to float from the Oh, my gosh. And I would notice that's how other people who... Like Emory Jones, I'll never forget, watch the throne tour. He's in the back texting during niggas in Paris. And I'm like, Boss so hot in You do you know what song this is? Well, that's Jay-Z homeboy. Mm-hmm. He's not excited about it. He, he's been on his tour so many nights. Niggas in Paris 15 times. You know, you heard it. He good. He trying to set something up. <laughs> some business. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Some real <laughs> So some business, okay. so he's not worried about that. He was facing the other way, mm-hmm. yet screaming fans were just going there. And I noticed how people used to come to concerts, mm-hmm. deck to the nines. Yeah, can't hardly run nowhere if it was a stampede Ooh, to tell you they like. Oh <laughs> God! <laughs> but I also learned how the stage crew would dress. Mm-hmm. A lot of black. Yeah. A lot of not giving a fuck about this, like. Yeah, just, out the way. I'm just yeah, I'm out the way. I'm yeah. just here, very helpful, very polite. Yeah. Knowing that hey, you're just doing your job. Mm-hmm. And that was the same type of attitude in theater. Places. Thank you, places. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't say places, damn, I'm trying to get ready, motherfucker. That doesn't come out your mouth. Right. Everybody's courteous. 15 minutes of places. Thank you, places. Places. Mm-hmm. Like I came back 14 minutes later. Y'all, time for places. Let's get it ready. Right. Let's pray and do our thing. Get ready to go out here and impact this audience and make them believe this show. Right. You have, when I saw your podcast, that was one of the first times I was able to see a personality of you. <laughs> it was like, like, this is what she, this is what her friends, <laughs> this is, when you get her drunk and she in, in, the, in the islands with her homegirl, this is how they talk. This is what's up. This is what her laugh sounds like. This is what she naturally is mm-hmm. like. You don't get that all the time. Mm-hmm. And for you to do it in such a way that the superstars already do it, mm. which is like, I, wow. I don't give you a lot. 
But when I give you something, mm-hmm. man, we waiting. They waiting. Like, <laughs> like, That's like, word. Like, you was in Miami. Word. Is it Art Basel or something? Like, oh, did really? I miss something? No. Like, we I didn't did know. go to Miami. I went to the um um, Winwood, yeah, district. Arch District, yeah, it was with actually, a painting everywhere. It was a dope. Like I'm so glad I'm able to cross that off my list. Um, but it was really dope. It was really, really, really dope. I mean, it's just like you were there, but it didn't feel like you were in. Like it's like this whole it's a warehouse district. Yeah, so it's like blocks and blocks of different stores set mm-hmm. up. You know, different street arts and everything, restaurants, shops, like everything. But it just never. You don't feel like you're just right there because it's just mm-hmm. so much to do. It was really dope. You can be lost down there for hours. Could you see yourself like I'm, I'm, only time I went to Miami for well for business? Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna lie. Hopefully, I'll go for pleasure. Mm-hmm. You know, one day. Yeah, I need just to go, go to back. nice restaurants and everything. But we went to the art district for BMW mm-hmm. because they were unveiling the new Seven Series, mm-hmm. and they wanted us to like it. So we walked, you know, the art district way it is, you know, your little warehouse. You walk in and it's like, whoa, light mm-hmm. lit up and, mm-hmm. and nice on the inside. But you go back outside like, wait a second, did I just walk into something? You walk back in like, wow. And they had cars pulled in mm-hmm. so that they were, you know, it's daytime outside. But they it was darkness inside. Right. And they had the, the cars on display. And um, they wanted us to see two things. That the car could park itself in tight areas. Oh, wow. It was weird, like they, and then it goes back to the visual merchandise. Somebody had to say, "Okay, we're gonna fly all the people down to Miami from all the BMW dealerships, mm-hmm. put them at the Intercontinental. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be here for a week. We're gonna pay this staff to receive them, this staff to train all these people, mm-hmm. and we need eight cars, and because we have Group A and Group B, four mm-hmm. and four, mm-hmm. four white, black Seven Series, four um, white or black, uh, set, opposite color, and you would like four in a car, and we would ride around it. I mean, like it's like a little field trip, mm-hmm. but we would lead an intercontinental. I might start off driving, you in the passenger seat, mm-hmm. and all oh, this do seven. Oh, look what it can do! We in the streets of Miami and shit. Mm-hmm. And then they have us pull over, get out, show us the car, some of the features. Then you would drive. Mm-hmm. Then they would get you, let you drive to the art district, and like, okay, take your hand off the steering wheel, press that button. What? Shit, park it in the art district? Yes. Now come inside. Wow. And then you go into the art district, and it was a movie playing mm-hmm. about the seven. Mm-hmm. Somebody had to really put a lot of... Somebody had to do that. Yeah. Somebody had... Like you said, what's the, the schematics? Um, it, I would just say that's yeah. definitely a vision board. Somebody definitely lot, right? planned that out. With a, that was a team effort for sure. I know that. You could do it because I saw do people do it, mm-hmm. and they were just like you. Meaning, teams aren't big because mm-hmm. you got big visions, and right. if you got big budget, we you can do something. Yeah, make it happen. You know, CIAA was all about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, McDonald. Oh, I think it was Speed Stick. Speed Stick Slam Dunk Challenge. But I'll, I'll use Honda for a better example with Battle of the Bands. Muse Communication. Had Honda as a client. Mm-hmm. Honda said, man, we need to sell more cars. We got it. They just had this movie called Drumline come out with Nick Cannon. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do, we're going to make the whole Drumline movie come true. That's how we're going to do it. <laughs> we're going to go to every HBCU and present them with a check from Honda. And say, hey, a fans, mm-hmm. vote for your band to enter in the Honda Battle of the Bands. 
by going to HondaBattleBands.com. Right. So when they go to your website, they see a fucking Honda Accord on the side, and that makes them want to. Um, they see they make want to buy it. Uh-huh. Works for you. Works for us. And that's how Honda really got into the Battle of Bands. It was only, of course, to sell the Honda Accord and give out scholarships and say they did it wow. off the backs of us really wanting to go. Wow. And I used to see it and it'd be like, man, when you get down to it, for them, they just like, we got them. Yeah. <laughs> they love us. <laughs> <laughs> they go, they go, yeah. who has the highest gross in selling cars? Honda. Honda. They do. They knew where to position themselves Mm -hmm. but the team that put that together muse communication Mm -hmm. guy named joe muse not real special my name is joe last name muse muse communications knew a guy that was working for honda he also knew a kid named nick cannon Mm. who was doing a couple movies and needed an office space joe said he's in my office space Why didn't he let him use the office space? Because he was just in the movie fucking Drumline, and he had an idea like, I want to make that movie a, you know, a real mm-hmm. thing. And Nick, you on some entrepreneurship, ain't you? Come on, come on over, come on over. Now Nick was gonna be like, yo, how you gonna how you expect to do this? Don't worry, I got Honda money. Mm. Why would Honda give me money? Because of everything I've done for all these other people. Mm-hmm. Proof is in the pudding. Mm-hmm. No one's gonna give me a dime to grow their business to a million dollar corporation mm-hmm. if I can't show them two point six on the table. That's three different cards with three different addresses and phone numbers. Mm-hmm. And one day it's gonna be fourteen different cards, fourteen different piles, mm-hmm. and we'll be at the same table. It's Cause I, we grew a company. No one's gonna give me no money until I show that I can do it. No one's going to believe me until you do it. Mm-hmm. Sierra, <laughs> like I, I predicted a couple people. I said, sh- I said Chris Brown was gonna be around for a while. All right. Your mission, if you choose to accept it, I feel like you're already on it. One year, probably in. Don't know when it happened. That rhymes, by the way. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with none other because the last recording, I never really said her name. But I'm not going to say it because I want her to introduce herself. She's about to embark on mission purpose. We're going to be checking in with her. Matter of fact, we ain't even going to have to check in with her because she's going to be lodging life and everybody going to be like, yo, you already know her. I told you. I told you. Now, I could be wrong. It might not take 10 years. It might be next year. Hopefully it would be. All right. Look, God willing. I could be totally wrong. <laughs> but I know I'm not wrong about this one thing. You about to do some big things, and it's going to be in the area of. Here's the floor. Introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. My name is Sierra Harris, out of Fayetteville, North Carolina. Been um, migrating, you know, around the state for for a little while. You know, wherever the job takes me is where I go. But um. As of right now, I'm just navigating um, into a new purpose and to a new career path. Um, For the last 10 years, about 10 years, I was a visual merchandiser for a few different companies. Um, The last company I was with was Trek um, Bicycling Corporation, located um, out of Waterloo, Wisconsin. It's a cycling company. Um, 
that specializes in bikes, like high-end, really good um, racing bikes, casual bikes, mountain bikes, all types of bikes. Um, and I learned a lot in that field, especially moving from soft goods where I was previously prior to Trek was with H&M doing um visual the merchandise the store oh, yeah the h&m the h&m so all um, of that's like break it down real quick what visual merchandising is for somebody who might not know what that is um basically visual merchandising is just creating an aesthetic or a mood or a type type of storytelling the vibe the, yeah a vibe basically um within a store um either store or window front um, basically, it just gives you a story or a feeling of what's to come. Or if you're in the department store in a certain area, like setting the tones, especially like if you notice the color stories, um, what the, what's dressed on mannequins is basically giving you setting the tone for that season. Um, also, with the music that you hear, the lighting that you see, um, the placement of the fixtures, um, even the garments on the the fixtures themselves. All, you feel cool when you walk in the store. You know, and I'm like, oh, I'm about to. I might not be able to fit nothing in here, but you know, I feel cool. But I feel cool. Like it just gives that whole vibe, and so you'll notice that in different stores, um, that each aesthetic or each vibe is really different, and it's based off of that demographic or that customer that actually shops there. So that entails with hard goods as well which is like bikes like I used to um, be the district visual merchandiser for their um, southeastern region so I used to travel all over and basically each store would be different it would be the same because it sold the same product but we would cater to the demographic and the store and the customer um, and give the feeling to that so we'll try to make sure it's more local like it was your local bicycle shop, like you'll have things that cater to that that area. Okay. So, like every everything you needed for a bike was right there. Right there, and, right there. And I, I saw it. Did you make the scenes where like they had like rocks and like going up the mountain, like on a mountain bike? And those were things you had to that were those things? yeah. Those were things that were requested. Um, I was in a department, like I said, it was the visual merchandising department um, for their retail stores, but they have designers. Um, people who would come in and do the flooring, I mean, the layout as far as, like, the schematic of the stores. Then you have people who would do the design. Schematic. Hold on. Back it up. Back it up. <laughs> schematic. Please, definition. So, like, a schematic is like a store map. Like, just the bones. The schematic. Like, like just basically where things are placed. The blueprint. It's a, the blueprint. Like, where everything Aerial is. view. Schematic. You I know? Guess. Just right. the bones of it. And um, people would create those, and we would go through those um, type of things with as teams mm -hmm. and create these type of stores. So, yeah, we would go through if I had a manager who wanted, like, oh, I want a new mural background, but I wanted of this photo here, and I want all, you know, these type of things to, like, pop out and stand out. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll take those ideas with measurements and send them to the graphic designer, and then we would collaborate and create these type of stores. Oh, and I, I really, that's why I really appreciated Trek because it gave me not only like I was so used to like in store visual merchandising, but getting into the aspect of like um, corporate and going expanding and having to take on different demographics mm -hmm. and locations. 
it just gave me an understanding of like um the world almost like yeah almost the world but how everything is really not the same it doesn't move the same as far as like in 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 different areas okay and you really have to hone in and, and figure out like it, it would go down all the way down to and i hate to hop around you might be talking about bikes and I'm talking about H&M, but if you're talking about H&M, would it be like certain colors because the town maybe had a school, uh, like, you know, ECU, Greenville, the people just like to yeah, see purple so, a lot or something, would, like, would so, it be like that? Um, for H&M, they, I wouldn't say all the way down to a specific, like, location, team, or like, just brand right there, mm-hmm. they would probably do some universal, like, Pride Week. Okay. Or do something like um like they'll have campaigns with yeah. um maybe up and coming artists or you know designers and they'll do a collaboration like that but it's nothing like oh this is for Faith of North Carolina. You had a chance to see those collabs too. Like I saw I peeped the in the <laughs> back seat. I'm like, is that Moschino and H like is it H M Moschino? Like what is that? That was so cool. You got to peep those collabs with those mm-hmm. big names on. Mm-hmm. Um, Alexander Wang yeah. in the in the uh, I think most recently it wasn't like the weekend had some stuff the in there. The weekend did have a, a collaboration All with right. them. You ever um, get to meet any of those people? No, I never got to meet any of those people. But if you were to like have visited or did support at like their metropolitan areas, like um, the New York store is mm-hmm. a big one, and I think five hundred. I think it's like in Times Square. Like they do those. So being a visual merchandiser there, yeah, you might have been able to run across. Cool. And I was like, you was doing your job. You had time to fly up there. You go. know, I was busy slaving in the store. Yeah, like, like I would yeah. holler at y'all, you know, Alexander Wayne. And, you know, over here but, folding cotton and everything. That was what I was doing. So you so. found sometimes like that responsibility being in the store because um, you had to merchandise your store. Your store has to look good. If your look, store looks like crap and you're over there with Alexander Wang in the weekend because he had a collab, but your store looks like crap. Right. You felt compelled to stay in the store for things like that? or That, you had to always have your store together. Always had to do your store together. But understand that H&M is like an international company, so they'd have people flown in. Mm-hmm. You know, the store 500 has over 600 people who work there anyway. So and you say 500, is that like the address? store number. Store, like, and everybody knows about fashion. You know, that's just me remembering the store number if you work in the company you would know I was at eighty seven thirty two. Okay. No, that was that was that's that, that was that was I think that was Jeezy or something like <laughs> 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 I just threw that in there. <laughs> but um yeah with H and M but not only with those collabs they also did like open new stores everywhere. So they did have people support, you know I opened up so many. That's why I bounced around a lot in North Carolina because mm-hmm. I opened up a lot of stores in North Carolina for H and M. And they had a big, big splash in North Carolina when they realized, like, wait, they they like this. Wait yeah, a second. Yeah, because they they only had one originally, which was the one here in Raleigh. Oh, really? Um, for the longest. Okay. And then they opened up another store um, in Charlotte. They opened three in Charlotte, and they just started expanding them. They had some in Durham. They got some in. I remember opening the one in Wilmington. Um, we opened the one in Fayetteville. It was just, they just had so many just popping I, up. I hear you using they and we a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got to let you know that this is about the I. This is about the you. <laughs> so here's the added value piece that I'm telling you. Just what I just saw. Mm-hmm. Just a little tidbit. You know what schematic means. <laughs> um, <laughs> spell it probably, too. You have... 
intellectual property mm-hmm. that probably belongs to a dozen other people, dozens of other people. Because the virtual merchandise is everywhere. Every company has Yeah. It. You're not the only right. virtual merchandiser, but you are you. And it was something about the way you did it, the idea that you had that affected Store 500 or Store This mm-hmm. or Store That. You, you know, I'm mm-hmm. giving it to you, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And a great leader knows that I'm not about to kiss no ass. Like, if I meet the weekend, if I meet, you know, if I meet, if I meet them, you know, they met me because I knew my responsibility you was in the store. When you, you know, you would think that some people are probably in their mind, like, they probably even did it. You probably know them. Found their way to be right there beside everybody and try to work their way up that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was at Foot Locker, I saw the J. Cole video come out and it was in the store and I was like, in the video, you know, in a little crowd, but I was like, in my mind, like, wow, this is weird. I feel like that is being promoted as fly. Mm-hmm. I'm in it. I might know these people, you know. I feel like I was using it in a store, but it was just at this store. I said, Phil Locker needs to listen to me on a whole bunch of other things. Started sending emails, finding things. And I used to see some of my um, ideas implemented, but I never got credit or Mm -hmm. a dollar for it. And I'll never be like, oh, you know, they thought about doing Ken Griffey Jr.'s in orange and gray because of me. I'm not going to say that, but I'm going to say that. Okay. Because I definitely (laughs) typed it like, yo, that's the orange and gray colorway. But uh, God told me, say, hey, man, sometimes you have to come in from the top. Like, what do you mean? Like, you got to come in from the top. You came in store number one, whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. in little old Fayetteville, North Carolina, talking about, y'all should do this. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll take that into consideration. They're going to listen to the kid that got the job as the chief visual merchandiser of the corporation in Manhattan. They're going right. to listen to him. But who is he listening to? Mm. And I'll bring that my, my next point. Your added value. Malcolm Gladwell had a book called The Tipping Point that talked about the stickiness factor and how things become trendy and how they're so fly that the fly people move away from the what you think is fly because that's what we used to wear. Or, you know, we don't wear that anymore. But, you know. What are those? Okay, okay, I got you. Those are cute. You know what I mean? Like, so when you see that happen, you know that's happening. Because you're you're part of it, you're part of the reason, and it was all about being authentic. Mm-hmm. And he talked about in the book about these kids from East New York used to go to Manhattan to go like party, and people in the club would be like, "Oh man, what are those? You know what I'm saying? They look fly. You know, look like little Justin Timberlakes. <laughs> I guess you know, little H and H and M. Shout out those guys. They better cut a check for this. But I wouldn't say about four or five times. Anyway, in <laughs> the party, they see them. And then the next day, they're in Barney's and Macy's and Bergdorf. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, I just saw these shoes, and they would describe them and draw them, and people were like, what are these? Mm-hmm. Come to find out they were hush puppies. That's all the time we have right now. We gonna miss, like, several text messages. <laughs> and, you know, we all about that progress. So, that means we have to keep going and keep it moving. Thank you, um, Sierra, for your time. Thank you for having me. Uh, and your conversation and just getting to know you because we really didn't have to have that opportunity because we never really, we've crossed yeah. paths, but it's like we knew of each other. Right, right. 
I, mean, I think I've talked more than you this time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so now you may know more about me, and you're still kind of. I think I opened up. I think you got. Some I think good opened up a lot. You know what I'm you know, saying? A lot more than what you know. I typically tell a lot of folks. So. And we are proud to have you on, on one of our very first, you know, um, episodes. When we're in the early stages of this, because I just want to tell what I know. Yeah. And the crazy part is, I know you. And I need to tell that I know you because there's somebody that needs your intellectual property, mm-hmm. your proprietary information that you possess. They need it so they can get to the next level. Mm-hmm. They just don't know you. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to find you. They don't know even though maybe that they need you. But I know what you possess. So I can't do nothing but tell. You know what I'm saying? You know, don't look at me like that. <laughs> I really appreciate that. No, yeah. I really do. I need this. I appreciate you having me. And having this conversation, I really did need this conversation. I really do. You really put, you know, sometimes you need to hear from other people. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, not for validation, but just, you know, for that extra push. So, I really do. I mean, we need each other, right? <laughs> we need each other. So, when we promise to come back with a progress report, a little progress report, maybe? <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. We're going to check in we with you maybe in. later on? Yeah. yeah I mean, when you, when, you, and when you get real big, I understand you might be like... <laughs> Like I know, like the publicist that you never wanted to be, you're probably gonna have one. Can, can I just need to get another fifteen minutes? Man. Like yeah, just tell K Mac no more two hour interviews. <laughs> like, this it's gonna hold cool. you hostage. All this right. is cool. We're gonna get back to these wings, y'all. Peace, Soul Fever. Remember, specialize in originals, lifestyles, and exclusives. We all specialize in something. Become original, original at it. Find your niche. Impact others' lifestyles in a positive way mm-hmm. and always 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 start nurture maintain and protect exclusive relationships till right. next time peace <laughs>